Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have some advice for farmers on how to sanitize your operation. Also, we'll hear from federal conservative egg critic John Barlow. And up first in today's country comment, we'll talk with the executive director with Grain Growers of Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today is Aaron Gowerlich, Executive Director with Grain Growers of Canada, to talk about this week's announcement by the federal government. The increased credit, which will be made to the tune of about $5 billion, which will be made available through Farm Credit Canada. And then, of course, we saw shortly after the Prime Minister's announcement there, um, some changes specific to the advanced payment program as well, which Minister Bebo addressed shortly thereafter. Concerns, I think that that our members have, and, and rightfully so, is um, the government's response during a time of crisis is to take on more debt. And I think even going into this pandemic situation, many Canadian farmers were not well positioned to look to take on any additional debt. You know, we know, for example, that farm debt levels doubled between 2000 and 2017, according to StatsCan. And shortly thereafter, StatsCan also reported a 21% decrease in net farm income in 2018. So farmers were not well positioned going into this pandemic to take on any additional debt. What would grain growers like to see, um, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than taking on more debt? What what are some recommendations? We have met with government on a number of occasions, and we're not alone in this, uh, Corey. A number of our industry partners across the country, um, including those in Manitoba, um, have met with the provinces, uh, the, the provincial agriculture have met with the federal agriculture minister, and for over a year now, we've been calling for changes or the restoration of um, of the agri-stability program. We think that taking a proactive approach and building a framework that will support farmers in time of need is the best to develop a public policy. So here we find ourselves again in a time of crisis. This is not unlike some of the challenges that farm, other challenges that farmers have faced here, like this past fall, uh, fall with the uh, with the harvest, for example. Um, which Manitoba farmers were not immune to, um, having a framework, building that framework proactively and having that in place to support farmers is the best way to approach these situations. And so we've taken this opportunity again to remind both the provincial uh, agriculture ministers and the federal agriculture minister that it's time to come back to the table and to make a renewed commitment. That was Grain Growers of Canada Executive Director Aaron Gowerlich. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Grain movement has been improving over recent weeks. Wade Subkowicz is the Executive Director with the Western Grain Elevator Association. Since the blockades ended, we've been going full force, using as much capacity as we are provided by the railways, which has been good. And so grain movements within the month of March have been high, and uh, we're pleased to see that. So we've been able to bring down the grain vessels in Vancouver and uh, Prince Rupert. Sipkowicz says penalties and demerged costs at port have been decreasing as well. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced $5 billion in additional lending capacity this week for Farm Credit Canada. FCC's president and CEO Michael Hoffert says they're putting in programming to assist their customer base with deferred payments as well as introducing a special credit line. That uh, existing FCC customers can access or non-current uh, customers, it's available to everybody, of up to $500,000 
uh, a simple general security agreement, uh, you know, straightforward package that will allow people to, uh, you know, make sure that they can either clean up their existing crop input lines or, you know, access those, um, those inputs they're going to need to make sure that the crop can get planted. He notes they will also be working in partnership with other financial providers to offer the solutions needed by the agriculture and food industry to take on the challenges ahead. And Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation has some advice for farmers with crop still left out in the field. Here's Manager of Claim Services, David Carossel. The message to farmers with crop out this spring is uh, if you're planning on, on harvesting uh, those acres, uh, you don't necessarily need to contact us. You just need to go out, finish harvesting uh, it, and then uh, contact our office so that we can either finalize your claim or update your harvested production report. If you feel the crop is not worth harvesting or has deteriorated uh, throughout the winter to a point where it's not salvageable, you definitely want to contact our office so that we can go have another look at it. Due to COVID-19, mask offices are now closed to the public. However, employees are still available over the phone or electronically. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, March 26th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from federal conservative egg critic John Barlow. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler caught up with Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Agri-Food John Barlow to talk about this week's funding announcements for agriculture. The agriculture programs announced uh, were a good first step. Um, our message to the government right from the get-go uh, was that any stimulus package uh, that was going to be announced uh, you had to include, include agriculture. It is a critical part of our economy. Um, and there's no question that, uh, that agriculture... Um, is feeling the impact of this. And unfortunately, um, agriculture has been feeling uh, the crunch for, for several months, if not years now. And, um, you know, there are, there are some concerns with the package that was announced, uh, for example, on the uh, reprieve on the payment of loans to the uh, advanced payment program. Uh, this is something that we were calling for months ago, um, before uh, we even were dealing with COVID-19. Um, our farmers were dealing with the harvest from hell, uh, then a CN strike, a legal blockade, the carbon tax, you know, just one thing after another. And we were calling on the government to um, to expand the, the interest-free portion uh, beyond just canola to all commodities, including uh, livestock and horticulture, uh, extend those, uh, those deadlines for uh, repayment of advanced payment uh, loans and lines from Farm Credit Canada. But the Liberal government had refused to do that. Um, and now, when we're, we're in the midst of COVID-19, they've gone part of the way. And I think they can. There's still um, other ways that they can go to, you know, for making these payments into September and October interest-free. The last thing they want to be doing is giving um, farmers additional debt. And the second thing with the, the five billion dollars for Farm Credit Canada, uh, this was a, a campaign platform promise promise of the Liberals in October. So. Is this really uh, an extraordinary measure uh, in an unprecedented financial crisis? I'm not so sure. And I think for them to claim that's the case is a bit disingenuous. We need to see the details. We need to see how these funds are going to be allocated. Um, like I said, it's a good first step. And it's good to see that they recognize the importance of agriculture. But I think there's more that can be done. 
And that's what I'm hearing from some of these other farm groups, that it's a good first step, but it doesn't go far enough. From your standpoint, what do you think could be done or should be done? I think first and foremost, um, you know, there's no question that the number one priority right now for producers is cash flow. There's a cash flow crisis. Uh, They're having to buy fuel, feed, um, fertilizer, and seed, certainly as as we get ready for uh, spring seeding. Um, But there are some things that they can do directly that will have an impact uh, um, quickly. First off, um, although we would love to see them scrap the carbon tax altogether, at least um, expand the exemption of farm fuels uh, from the carbon tax to include um, natural gas and propane. Um, you know, our farmers are trying, trying to drive green, heat farms. Uh, we've seen that this is, the carbon taxes cost agriculture uh, tens of thousands of dollars, um, not only in carbon tax uh, costs, but it has also made them uncompetitive on the global market. And many of our um, grain companies have lost um, global contracts because they can no longer, their prices can't compete on the global market. So expand uh, the exemption for carbon tax. And the second thing, the carbon tax is scheduled to be increased on April 1st. Do not do that. Uh, This is not a time to be increasing taxes on any industry, but certainly not agriculture. And there are certainly some things that they could do on on the business risk management um, programs, uh, increase ex-stability to that 85%. Uh, maybe take a look at Agri-Invest. Um, these are programs that uh, agriculture has been asking to be addressed um, for some time. The landscape has changed substantially in agriculture over the last uh, few years, and um, I think there are some things they can do. And, and lastly, uh, in Parliament, um, ensure that agriculture is uh, deemed a critical infrastructure. We need to ensure that our food supply chain remains intact. Um, we have certainly seen Uh, the impact hoarding has had at the grocery stores and we have to ensure that uh, our borders remain open to those critical uh, critical supply chains and um, our processors manufacturers um, processing plants all stay up and running what are you hearing on the supply chain end of things from the industry yeah i think um you know the been speaking with them on a daily basis um, and like I said you know people Canadians are going to their grocery store and they see you know empty shelves especially when it comes to uh, proteins but that isn't a supply chain issue um, things are moving um, unfortunately it was a hoarding issue and I'm hoping that uh, that is uh, in the past um, that Canadians understand that they have to look out for their neighbors who also have families and uh, just take what they need um, there's no need to be uh, there's no need to be hoarding things because Canadian agriculture is meeting the, dem- the domestic demand and they will continue to do so. Um, there are some concerns around CFIA right now uh, that we are asking the minister to clarify. Uh, CFIA inspectors um, have said that they are reducing uh, working hours, um, reducing shifts and overtime, uh, so that will have an impact on processing plants uh, who are asking to maintain the current levels of staffing so they can meet that domestic demand. So we want some clarity. Is there a directive from CFIA to reduce the shifts? Um, and what is the, the what is the strategy should a an employee at a processing plant uh, prove positive or come down with COVID-19? Uh, we do want to ensure that CFIA does not um, ask processing plants to close. Uh, they have to work together to keep their employees safe, but also ensure that our supply chain keeps moving. Final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with producers? 
I think the, the most important message uh, to producers is, you know, thank you. Um, I hope Canadians understand now uh, the the importance and the critical role uh, that modern Canadian agriculture plays in our daily lives. Um, while many Canadians uh, are unable to go into work, many have been laid off, uh, many are trying to keep their families uh, safe and healthy. Uh, our farmers, our ranchers, uh, our fruit veg growers, our processors are at work every single day, um, determined and uh, resilient to ensure that uh, Canadians have uh, food on their grocery store shelves. Um, and I think people have seen how vital that is. And I hope uh, our farmers uh, and producers understand how much we appreciate everything that they're doing and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be there with programs that will assist them in their time of need and allow them to keep doing the very critical job that they're doing. That's MP John Barlow, the Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. For Golden West, I'm Glendale allen Boss. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Royal Manitoba Winter Fair has been cancelled. The Manitoba Sustainable Energy Association annual conference scheduled for April 8th in Morden has been postponed. And the CAP Advisory Council meeting scheduled for April 9th in Portage has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon. Keystone Agricultural Producers has some advice for farmers on how to stay safe from COVID-19. Here's Program Manager Taya Green. We've heard in media lots of information about what individuals need to do, and we've also been hearing lots about what large businesses are doing. But uh, when we're talking about individual businesses um, like farms, there hasn't been as much information available. So we wanted to make sure that we provided farmers with as much information as we could to help them uh, remain safe on their own farms. So we've been looking at uh, best practices across um, all of the different uh, groups and what they've been recommending and put together a list of general best practices for farmers. A lot of them include uh, advice about social distancing and uh, sanitation, um, but brought down to the farm level to make it very practical. Just go over a few points there. You know, what are some of the key things that uh, farmers should keep in mind? I think some of the biggest ones are hand washing and when you need to uh, be doing hand washing. Uh, so, you know, we all know that we need to do it after we interact with people, um, after we've been coughing or sneezing, and bathroom breaks. Those are fairly uh, practical, but we're also starting to recommend that people wash hands when they're getting in and out of vehicles, especially if those vehicles are being driven by more than one person or if they haven't been sanitized. Now, um, when it comes to, I guess, sanitizing um, an operation, you know, what are some areas that need to be cleaned or, or some tips there? Well, it really depends on the size of your farm and how many people work on the farm, but I think every farm could start sanitizing, um, you know, as much as they felt that they needed to. If your farm is at the size where every piece of equipment is only run by one operator, that's something different than if the same piece of equipment is being used by multiple people. And in that case, we would recommend that you do sanitize in between shifts, that both the outgoing person sanitizes and the incoming person sanitizes all of the surfaces that are touched on a regular basis, like door handles, steering wheels, the gear shifters, controls, 
monitors, etc. And that just helps to ensure that the environment that the newcomer is coming into uh, has uh, less load in it of possible contaminants. What uh, would you recommend as far as um, visitors coming onto a farm? It is truly uh, discouraging anyone that doesn't need to be on the farm and those that do need to be on the farm, minimizing contact with them. So if you're actually leaving the farm, uh, we recommend that uh, as much as possible that you do any deliveries and pickups without contacting other people. So call ahead, make your purchase, let them know when you'll be there and let them load it into your vehicle. Or if they have a, a self-load, then you can do that with no one around. Same with going to the elevator. You know, drive up. You're not allowed to get out of the vehicles at that point, but we'd recommend that for all, all types of deliveries. But we would recommend not having people onto the farm as much as possible, limiting those people, whether they're family, friends, uh, or non-essential people that want to come onto the farm. Uh, just saying no at this point in time when possible. And if you do need to have people onto the farm, and this would, of course, include veterinarians and your workers and different people like that, uh, just to maintain the distance that's being recommended of two meters in between people, if they're touching surfaces or involved in things, to sanitize those after they leave, and uh, to let workers know that if they are feeling unwell, that they need to stay home and let you know about that. So just trying to minimize the risk as much as possible while still creating food. That was CAP Program Manager Taya Green. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation says for farmers planning on harvesting remaining crops, they don't necessarily need to contact MASC before doing so. Here's Manager of Claim Services, David Carossel. I guess in terms of uh, the overwinter crops, uh, most of the farmers identified them through their harvested production reports, which were due last November. So uh, based on that information, at that time there was about 420,000 acres that did not get harvested. Now, some of those crops like uh, corn and sunflowers have continued to be harvested throughout uh, the winter. So uh, those numbers have declined a little bit, but uh, a lot of those claims have already been made and, and we're aware of it. It's just a matter of uh, either getting out for the first time for some of them that were uh, covered in snowfall or, or reassessing them for further losses if the producer's not planning to harvest this spring. Due to COVID-19, mask offices are now closed to the public. However, employees are still available over the phone or electronically. And this week, the Prime Minister announced $5 billion in additional lending capacity through Farm Credit Canada. FCC's President and CEO Michael Hofford says customers facing financial pressure are encouraged to contact their FCC relationship manager to talk about some of the available options. We are, are going to be uh, putting in place some programming to assist our, our, our customer base. Uh, should they uh, be in a circumstance where they need to go uh, defer payments, we can do full deferrals for six months. If they want to go interest only, we can go interest only for a year. Um, so those things are for kind of our existing customer base. He notes they will also be offering special credit line for existing customers and new customers up to $500,000 that will allow producers to clean up existing crop input lines or access the inputs they need to ensure the crop gets planted. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.